pretty little thing, isn't it? What is it? It's the key to time. Are you all right, Astrid? Yes, perfectly. Well, now you've seen it, does it trigger off any hidden memories? No, it means nothing to me. That's a pity. I was hoping you'd be able to tell us where the sixth piece is. The sixth piece? Yes. Look, we have the other five segments. Now we're looking for the sixth and final one. Think, Astra. Think. I wouldn't touch it. It's hot. Got it. Good, good. Set the coordinates. Let's get on our way. today's episode and to get two romanas did seem like a, a pretty darn good deal i was yeah i was excited by what that would bring and the plan the ultimate plan of why you wanted the segments was simply because they wanted to pit one half of the entire universe against the other Yes, that was really strange and just seemed like, well, you didn't even call the planet of evil the planet of evil, so why the fuck are you calling this one? Hello and welcome back to World Enough and Time. I'm Andy. And I'm Alex. How are you? I'm good. I spent most of yesterday in the sun. See the brown. See the brown. You look very healthy. You must enjoy this time when I'm looking so peaky. I really do look desperate. <laughs> it doesn't seem like the wrong yes. way around. <laughs> mm, that's great for you. Well done. But then when you me. come over, you'll be all brown or still because you'll still have been a hangover from that. And I'll be like, oh, I still haven't had my legs out for a very long time. Yes, I'm just going to extend, extend into the into the summer in New Zealand. It's a very confusing mm. concept for moi. Is it? Yes. Good. Yeah, not as confusing as the story du jour, but we'll get back to that. Okay. Yeah. Oh shit, I'm going to have to do a synopsis at some point, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. I'm quite excited about that aspect. So, um, in time-honoured fashion, mm. I know it's early doors for this question, but I am going to ask mm. it all the same. What have you been watching on TV? Yes. Well, aren't I glad you asked? Aren't I? I could answer um, first. Yes, go. Do. I've been watching Orphan Black again because <gasps> because Ryan because of She-Hulk. No. Well, no. Well, yeah. Ryan's watching She-Hulk right now, but he'd never seen Orphan Black. 
So we kind of like were waiting to watch it, and oh, I'm so yeah. jealous. It's so good, mm. and the fact that he's watching it for the first time, and I've only watched it once, and I, so I don't remember any of the cliffhangers or any of the moments and the stuff, and it's just like. I think I've probably watched it too many. Like I've watched it probably three full times round plus a few extras. So yeah, I probably can't get the joy of it anymore. But fuck, it's brilliant. Oh, it's so good. So only it's up to episode six. But you know, is he he asking the question? Why have I not seen this before? Is he like, why is this not? He knew all his friends had seen it, and somehow he had it passed him by. It's just one of those shows that passed him by. So he knew it was going to be good. Good. But um, yes. do you know, you know those bobblehead things, those pop figures that you can yeah. get? Um, so only one of those is a Doctor Who figure for me, which is Sarah Jane. But my other two that I've got, I think I've got, four, no, I've got five, because I've got Romy and Michelle as well, which is brilliant. Nice. <laughs> I invented post-its. But the only other two I've got are orphan black figures. Um, oh, okay, who? Yeah, and one is Alison Hendricks. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> just, just brilliant in a soccer mum parka sort yeah. of thing <laughs> and the other one is Rachel ah oh, yes yeah yeah good good so, like that I know so I'm quite invested in the old orphan good. I've just watched something just five minutes ago which is um got Ferdinand in it do you remember Ferdinand because he's in the later seasons oh I don't remember I know the name but I don't remember the character yeah he sleeps with Rachel um, kind of in right. a kind of fucked up way, but yeah, yeah, he's playing a very kind of soppy, sweet character in this film, and it's just not what you're expecting because he's fucking oh, terrifying. Gosh. So mm. nice, good, pleased for you. That is the uh, correct thing, I feel. So I'm watching series three of Lock and Key. Oh yeah, we haven't started it yet because we get have to watch it all three of us together. No spoilers, but it is good. Is it? Yeah. Series two was a bit messy and a bit all over the place. I wasn't oh, like happy oh. that the woman. I couldn't cope with the fact that that woman had been in a coma for so long, and then died pointlessly in the maze. I was like, redemption? No, no, don't die, <laughs> because you've had a horrible time, and now she's going to die pointlessly. <laughs> but it was just like, it was, she was just so surplus to the plot. She was just hanging around the house and making bacon, wasn't she? she was like, well, fuck's sake, you just need to die now. There's nothing more we can do with you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I can. Yeah, I can understand the futility of that. Was quite frustrating. Yeah, but no, I'm enjoying it, and I, I love. I, 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 did you ever watch Coda? Have I, I think I've spoken about Coda before, yeah. but um, but yeah, that Kinsey in Coda is just fantastic. Okay, good to know. Noted. Alan Jones' daughter, yeah. Yeah, I know. It's weird. Good, so good. weird. Yes, very strange. <laughs> Don't know about that. <laughs> I like to think that maybe she was the offspring of Alan Jones with that one off Strictly when they did Strictly. I know she's not, but I like to think <laughs> I don't think I know that he did Strictly. Who was he paired with? He was with, what were they called? He was called Darren and she was called Alia or something. I don't remember what she was called now. That's terrible. Okay. They lived in Sheffield and she was Russian, I think. Darren and Lilia. Lilia? Oh, I can't remember, but they were very good together, Allard and whoever she was called. It was definitely was a Lilia. Right in. <laughs> right in. <laughs> we don't good. remember her name. But anyway, that's that's the straight dope. She is the daughter of Allard Jones and that one off, <laughs> off of Strictly. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> Anyway, we can't yeah. we can't be casting aspersions about celebrity children. We haven't got time for that because we've got to get to a quiz. 
Yes, we do, don't we? A lot, right now. So I am, I am proffering the Doctor Who quiz oh. book, the original, no less. Like, I like it. Like the Hartnell of quiz books. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> fluffs its lines all the time. <laughs> yeah. A bit, a bit saggy and and um, moth-eaten at the edges. Could but possibly it's... put his hair up in a ponytail if wanted. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all possible um so what do we want i we could oh we could do the key to time seeing as this is a a seminal moment love that yeah love that mm-hmm. so we'll go for the should we go for the first 10 or the second 10 the second 10 Ooh. Okay, I've just realised a lot they're... of power of crawl. <laughs> I realise they're doing these in order. So the first ten are like reboss operation, and the second ten are all pirate planet and stones of blood. Okay, I think let's go reboss because we did that recently enough for us to have some memory of it. Okay, <laughs> so you reckon? This is basically a reboss operation quiz. Maybe we should do Good. the Armageddon That's what factor. I wanted. We should do the Armageddon factor quiz instead. Actually, perhaps we should. Yeah, let's we do should. it. Yes. <laughs> Just to see what we. Oh my God, how on topic are we? Like an Armageddon factor quiz with an Armageddon oh, factor ribbon. Oh pit. Oh, there's only six questions. About five questions. Oh God, they were lazy. Six questions about the key to time around. At that point. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll ask. You know, we'll go with these. Yes, we will. Oh, is, we've, have we done Android of Tara on the pod? Android of Tara? Have we Just not? the one. I think no. we have. We okay, have. <laughs> so there's only six questions, and they are as follows. To mm. whom did the Black Guardian entrust the task of seizing the key to time? Mm. Oh, yes. Mm. The dude. Yes. Shadow dude. Shadow. Dude. Yes. yes, you notice how this is meant to be a co-op, but I just left you to that one. No, I think the, the deal with co-ops is I answer it if I can, okay. and otherwise you sweep in and help. 15 is quite easy. What is the sister planet of Zeos? Atrios. Yes. And are you sure it's Zeos, or is it Zeos, <laughs> as the mood takes you? Who said Zeos? Oh, my God, Mary Tam kept doing it towards the end. It's like she'd completely oh, no. forgotten what she'd said at the beginning. It was like, oh, Zeos and the Zeons. It's like, fuck off. You said Zeos <laughs> earlier. I thought you were, I thought this is something that was going to be claimed that was me, and I didn't no. remember doing it. Because it was you who couldn't say Fermasi, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, that was it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> who built the supercomputer Mentalis, which the Doctor and Romana found on Zeos? <laughs> <laughs> My favourite ever, Time Lord, Drax. Okay. What was the Armageddon factor? That's a no, question we'll be asking ourselves throughout this. <laughs> <laughs> um, I couldn't answer this one under after 10 years of thinking, I don't think. What was the Armageddon factor? Is that the fact that whatever happens, the computer's going to blow them up? I don't know. I, I can't, I can't help you here. Just don't know. <laughs> I know he shouted it at one point, you know, like you yeah, do. Yeah, he did. You oh, mentioned the Armageddon, oh, the Armageddon factor. Mm. I was like, oh yeah, maybe. <laughs> we'll come back to the answer for that one. Good, can't Finally, wait. During this, his search for the first segment of the key to time, no, for the final segment, obviously, 
The doctor yeah, was obliged okay. to make a time loop. Why and how did he do this? He made a fakey, fakey little yes. segmenty thing based on the negative space, shoved it in with a thingy, and then reduced the size or increased the size or did something so that it would last for long enough for him to do something else. Yeah, made a new segment. Okay, oh, I missed the question out in my excitement. Yeah, well, it is exciting. I was also going to throw in the word chronodyne there. It was made of chronodyne. Yeah. Right. Good. I loved all that negative space business, actually. Loved yes. that. Good. Who effectively ruled Atreus during its war with Zeos? Effectively, I guess the Marshal. Correct. After the Doctor had assembled the key to time and defeated the Black Guardian servant, how did the Black Guardian attempt to seize the key? Just <laughs> have a, add a bit you, of a poke. <laughs> were, you a, were you asleep at this point? Maybe. <laughs> well, he kind of put his hand out and then the Doctor just slaps his hand and no, <laughs> not, <laughs> not today. having it. Not today, Satan, not today. <laughs> 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 Yeah, not um, entirely sure. <laughs> he impersonated the White Guardian, didn't he? Oh, that's what we mean. Yes. That's what we mean. Yes. I the saw that. Good old Valentine dial. Oh, yeah. Where's follows? Valentine dial, please. <laughs> the Shadow, Atrios, Drax, comma, a Time Lord. All right. A program. This is the, what the Armageddon Factor is. A program built into the computer mentalis under attack from the marshal that was programmed to destroy both Atrios and Sia, so ensuring that neither side would win the war. I was kind of right. I knew it was about the computer, didn't I? I oh, said... so it was set up to make sure that no one would win the war? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even know that. Bad, isn't it? Quite naughty. <laughs> naughty, destroying both planets completely. Well, naughty. why? Because evil. Evil. I know. Gosh. Okay, yeah, there's going to be so much confusion in my synopsis. I apologise in advance. So the time loop. Oh, yeah, we we're going to get through the detail of all that in the synopsis. That'll yeah, all be... <laughs> it'll all be uncovered. Don't panic. To prevent Mentalis approaching zero on its countdown to stop the Marshal attacking Zeos, he managed to do this by using the key to time or more precisely five segments of the key in a makeshift six segment made of chronodyne. I even got chronodyne I'm in there. I'm glad you got the chronodyne. No and one got an negative space. That was a, an additional one by me, just to make it clearer. Thank exactly. you. Well done. And the other answer was the marshal. He was the ruler. And by impersonating the White Guardian. Yes. Yeah. Obs. Six out of six, I think. Seven out of seven. I missed one of the questions. It was over the oh, page. Okay. It was like my A-level geography exam all over again, where I missed the question <laughs> over the page and therefore got a D. <laughs> Okay. Idiot. <laughs> Are you okay? You're dealing with kind of trauma right now. <laughs> you just <laughs> will you be okay for the rest that of that one's part? always with me. <laughs> to, to a lower degree. Okay. Good. I'm just very bad at turning pages. It's not on my LinkedIn no, profile. I understand. Fails to turn pages. <laughs> I think that I had a similar experience on my um car treasure hunt that you did for one of my birthdays oh, is yeah. that there was a, another page that I completely missed all the questions off. And that's why you so got yes, back, I understand. That's why you got back first, but you got back so yeah. terrifically <laughs> early. It meant you won because you got back so early that the time that the sort of like the questions and the points worth 
were not relevant when you got back so quick. <laughs> it was all strategic. But you did believe one of the answers was David Beckham, so you drove to that weird place in Oxfordshire called Golden Balls, and you did drive there at one point thinking there would be a clue there. Did I? <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I remember that vividly. What I remember more, though, is is realising that Mum and Anna had disappeared during the... Um, during the sort of like the after party and we couldn't find them anywhere and then we found them in our bedroom going through all of the questions to check whether they actually would have won if if this that and the other oh wow <laughs> not that they were holding on to that with any kind of no. fury that's amazing <laughs> it was quite funny i feel like we are like whizzing through this no we're not usually we witter on for freaking hours but no. good um, talking of wittering on, it's getting mm. very tiring. Getting very tiring over in the um, the old stable block with old Lou. Yeah. Should we hear yeah. from Lou? <laughs> Could we? You're listening to World Enough and Time, a classic Doctor Who podcast. Thanks, Lou. That was Thanks. beautiful. Beautiful. I know. She's so good. Yeah. So just a seasoned pro. Steph's away in Florida, so it's okay. Steffi Beecham's away in Florida. Nice. So yeah. that's okay. But we have had um we have had Lala Ward here. Oh, so, thank you. Yes, I didn't know they were friends. I mean I know they'd meet each other on the convention circuit, but I didn't realise they were friends. No. So it's been it's been chiffon scarves everywhere, it's been <laughs> <laughs> it's been painting all over the garden, lots of different vistas. Has she been loudly on the phone to, to Richard? <laughs> <laughs> no, she's not with Richard anymore. She's remarried. Is she not? And oh, she, who's she, she lives in Hong Kong now. Does she? Yes, she does, sweetie. Gosh, so this is a very, a very surprising trip to stay with, stay here with Lou. <laughs> very surprising, indeed. Yes, but I've been painted within an inch of my life while she's been here. <laughs> Not a corner Gosh. unpainted. <laughs> wow. Nice. Anyway. Oh, we've got the time space visualizer. Yes, of course we do. I'm wheeling. Oh. Wheeling. Who forgets the most important segment of the show? What is this machine? I've already told you, my dear. It's a time and space visualizer. Do you mean a sort of time television? Yes, yeah, like that. Yes, that's exactly what this is. I'm wheeling. I've, do you do you like the new casters? New casters are even bigger. Very fluffy. Because <laughs> one of one of them one of them buckled under the weight. Fit. Yeah. So I new casters it. on on all corners. Yes. So I've wheeled it forward. So we have to get the randomizer. What's the new rule? What's yeah. the new, rule? <laughs> new rule for how the fuck does this shit work? So who's going to go first? It doesn't matter if it's one we've already had. Yeah, we got to. Not really. No, it doesn't. Now there's a twist. Mm. There's a twist. Oh. This time we actually get points. We get points that are awarded nice. the following episode if we manage to describe what is going on, who's in the clip that we have chosen. We manage to get points if we can describe the action. Yeah. So if you can yeah. describe exactly the scene, you get 10 points. So we points. choose the minute and we then decide what happens. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It'll be fine. So, uh, <laughs> okay. Ten points Good. if you get the scene exactly described. Five points if you get the the characters in the scene. One point if there's a vague whiff of the action that you described. 
when when do we get the points? Like next next year. Next week. I say next week. Next month. Yeah. Whenever this goes out. Can't wait. Honestly, the promise of points is enough to keep you going in your daily work, isn't it? Fucking is. Nice. Right. Are you going to go first? Thoroughly. Yeah. It's um. Don't say what, what it okay. is. You're gonna say how many? Are you gonna say how many? How many hands is it, please? How many? How many hands? Is it got four episodes? Was that the question I had to? Yes. Oh, yeah. I will good. choose episode three. Nice. Hmm. And which minute? Which minute? I'm gonna choose minute three. No, it's a bit early. Minute six. Minute six. Yes. So nice. Tell me what, tell so, me what the story is, then I'll tell you what exactly what's happening. Good, great show. Great show in the galaxy, episode three, minute six. Oof. It's probably the fucking ringmaster doing rapping in front of in front of the family. Well, you know, the family before they're the gods of Ragnarok when they're just a, the weird family with the child. Okay. That's Good. what I'm say is happening at that moment. Good. I'm going to say that. We're seeing too much bum cheek of the lass with big hair. I think she's she's bending over, showing us her fishnets and her bottom. Jessica Martin. Okay, good. Yeah. We'll see who's correct. <laughs> yeah. We all know it's me. <laughs> we had such high ideals when we started. We we shared everything and and we enjoyed making people happy. If we had a problem, we'd, we'd all just sit round and, and, and talk it through. Oh, we were so happy. At least I, I think we were. Right. I have got the chase. It says, congratulations, your next two story is the chase. I'm oh, sorry, I shouldn't have told you that, should I? Because I meant to say how many episodes is it, please? You dumbelina dumps. <laughs> Anyway, it doesn't matter really, does it? So not really. Sixth, sixth episode, and what minute? Pray tell. Fourteenth. Fourteenth minute, right? So, what do you think's happening? I think Barbara and Ian are bickering. <laughs> it's not a Barbara and Ian, is it? No, it is. <laughs> oh, it is. <laughs> there. I think it's just lit simply the Dalek mechanoid war attack on with the all the splashes flashes and fire and everything. Good. Yeah. yeah. So. I'm, I'm still happy with bickering. Good. Well, that's locked in. Till next time. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> this is going to be like Christmas the whole time. <laughs> like, what click, is it? What is it? Trip. <laughs> locked it in. We'll find out how so well exciting. we know our Doctor Who via the space time. Okay. Rangers! Rangers on fire! What's Piper? I've got to get the mask off! No! Steven! Steven, what are you doing? Shut up! Shut up! What are you doing? Come back! But this doesn't really that. work, does it? Because we're meant to be reacting to what the scene was. But <gasps> no, I suppose we're not. No, this this is more real, I think. This is great. This is absolutely what the, 
the listeners are here for. Let's <laughs> down on it. This is like podcasting at its absolute best. Stop taking that away. That's gold, gold, gold. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of an ASMR moment there for everyone. <laughs> it was nice. I enjoyed it. So. I've wheeled it back out the way. Now it has cost my favourite Beatles. We can't put it off any longer. It is time for... <laughs> what is it time for, Alex? It's time for our pod de jour. It is the Armageddon Factor. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. I know you are, Doctor. I have always known. I have been waiting for you. I, too, serve a guardian. A guardian equal and opposite in power to the one who sent you. The Black Guardian. He walks in darkness. And you are in the valley of the shadow. No! No! So what were your first memories of the Armageddon Factor? I'm glad you asked. Oh, thank you. Um, You're welcome. My first memory of the Armageddon Factor is very much locked in time of sitting in the front room in Forest Hall, in the suburb of Newcastle, watching on the black and white TV and knowing that the football results were going to end and then something was going to be on. I think it was the Pink Panther. But just knowing I was locked into a glorious 20 minutes of fun. Fun, fun, fun. And then watching, I think probably the first episode, and thinking, oh, this is quite dark. Even, you know, I'm black and white TV is black and white TV. So, you know, it's... But I could tell it was a dark, sombre sort of story. But I remember feeling quite adult watching it, even though I liked watching it. And I remember thinking, oh, I love this show. And it's one of those moments where I just remember, yes, I love this, and this is my programme. One of the earliest times I thought, this is my programme. So, yes. Nice. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's quite deep. Um, I, I'm thinking that perhaps I might have watched this first at a convention. Oh. When we used to have video rooms. Yes. And just, yeah, I have a feeling there's just something about it that I, it just has that kind of frisson of excitement of the fact that I possibly never thought I would be getting to see it. Yeah. And... But I don't know. I mean, I'm just guessing. Um, but yeah, and just how special it felt to watch it. Because anything back in the early days that I got to see that was something other than, I guess, Sarah, even though I loved Sarah, like yeah. it it was exciting to get something that was Romana-ish. And to get two Romanas did seem like a, a pretty darn good deal. I was, yeah, I was excited by what that would bring. And yeah, I... I I, I feel like I was really joyous about the experience then. Mm, gosh. That's a long time to invest in a, in a story at a, at a convention, isn't it? Well, <laughs> I have a feeling that that used to be where I'd spend the majority of my time. Like, I when, remember when I went to that one on my own? Yeah. And I just spent the whole time in the video rooms. Like, because I, I think that's... When I went with you, I'd be like, or, oh, you know, like, I'd do whatever you wanted to do because I kind of trusted your judgment kind of thing but yeah. then on my own I was like I don't want to go out and see people <laughs> just sit in this <laughs> fucking room and watch it up yeah. it's really nice that makes sense. 
I always remember, yeah. I've probably told this story before, when I was at the first Exospace convention, which I went to by myself, and I was told about the video rooms, and I was so excited, because like, I was just like, what, they're showing Doctor Who in that other room? And there was people yeah. in the queue before me trying to get into the dealer's room, I think, just once we'd got the tickets, and I was, once I got the ticket, I was like, the demons is on in the room, <laughs> over there, now, now! Yeah. And they were Huge. like, they were like, we know, you fucking weirdo. Uh, I I fled from the room with all my stuff like I'm going to see the demons I can't believe it I'm so excited although I probably was calling it the demons at that point yes you would have been yes but I couldn't believe it and I was just so excited and I was like I couldn't understand these people who were just trying to get into the dealer's room I just had no understanding of who why I was like what but this hasn't been on television since 1971 yeah exactly I was so confused Anyway, Ooh. that's something to remember, isn't it? Video rooms yes. at conventions. Yeah. 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 I, that they have joy. I was thinking the other day, that's really sad that that would never be a thing ever again, because that it was it was so special, like getting to watch it with, and also watching it for, for the first time with a bunch of other Doctor Who fans as well. Even though you hated them, you knew that you kind of had a shared joy from what you were watching. And it was, <laughs> Even yeah, though you hated them. That's just a fact. <laughs> I love how you just went straight in with that. <laughs> I'm nothing like you, but I know why you're happy right now. <laughs> <laughs> More importantly than yes. any of these reminiscences, though, we have to mm-hmm. we have to bring in your your ankle at this point, don't we? Yes, I, I honestly I, I did um and ah at the time because to me it was a little bit like, am I just getting like a a swastika for for the Atrians kind of thing. Like, it really, it was like an unnecessary war symbol. But it's kind of cool. And I I just thought no one would really get that it was from the Armageddon factor, so it would be safe and no one would assume any kind of neo-Nazi kind of a Yeah, but but reading about it, as I have read around this week... Oh, have you? Yes, it's basically it was meant to be an American eagle because Atrios is meant to be America and Zeos is meant to be Russia. Oh, because missed all that. Cold War illusions. So you've got an American right. eagle on your ankle, just saying. That's what I always wanted. Thanks. <laughs> no, you haven't. You've got the Atrian insignia. Yes. Correct. Yes. So. Yeah, would you like a quick synopsis? I say <laughs> quick. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can imagine it's going to be terrifically quick with loads of bits cut out, or it's going to be really <laughs> long and rambly with bits that don't make sense. And I, don't know I love that. I, I love the fact that if this was your responsibility, there would you would have bullet points and you would make sure like you'd got through each point reasonably. <laughs> like with me, even right this second, I have no idea what's about to come out of my mouth. Like, where, not would, even where, would in, where would the fun be in bullet points? Honestly. <laughs> right. I'm so excited to to launch. I might find something out myself in the next five minutes. <laughs> You may even be able to describe what the Armageddon factor means. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, right. Picture the scene. <laughs> I'm trying to. It's like I'm back in that front room again in 1978. <laughs> so we go instantly to a very American-style soap opera. What's going on? Why are we here? Why is there a lady and a man being all lovey-dovey in a really overly hammy way? We don't understand. And then, for no reason at all, 
we jump off to the doctor. We don't understand why there was a soap opera. No, never really explained. Um, so then the doctor does some dialogue with Romana and it's not as good as it has been in the past. I'm sorry. And it just kind of a little bit stilted, a little bit not comfortable with each other doesn't kind of do the same that you're hoping for but then you go back and you're like oh oh this is what the soap opera was about we're in a hospital wing and that's what you do in hospitals you watch soap operas and and then a big chunk of concrete falls down they're under attack poor flowers um (laughs) romana tells us quite likely part of they're in the midst of a nuclear war good piece of intel she's right um we know that there's two planets, there's Atrios and Zeos. They're having a fight. What's it over? No one's too sure. The Marshal is in charge. He tells you what you're doing. He's, he's in charge in a way where he shouts a lot but doesn't know what's going on, which is like every good manager. It's like, yeah, that's my experience too. Um, we then meet Lala Ward. Why are you here? You're not here yet. There's another Brahmana. What's happening? Anyway, she's here. Um, she's very young very young she's about 12 um (laughs) and she is a wonderful figurehead for the atrians and then we find out they're not doing the best in the war they really want to be doing well but they're not doing that well they've got six six thingies left six planes no ships let's call them ships um but not for long they're um yeah they don't really last. It's not good. Um, Merak and Astra, Lalsk, are a thing. They're pacifists. They want to contact the Zeons. They want the Zeons to agree to a ceasefire because they don't want war. What the hell's the point in that? The Marshal finds out. Not happy. He has to do something about it. Shoots Lala. No, he doesn't. He gets someone. He gets a really badly the worst actor in the world to come and be a guard and to <laughs> shiver into a room and say, oh, there's kids in there, even though you clearly know there isn't. Um, he locks her in. I don't know what that guy was thinking at that point. John Woodvan comes along and shoots him. Good. Um, Doctor and Romana turn up. They find the dead guard perfect way that John Woodbine can get out of it and say, you did that, you bastards. But not before they did quickly see Princess Astra's eye. Very lovely eye. Beautiful. Um, um, We know that they're there to find the sixth segment of the key to time. When they were in the TARDIS, they did say that they couldn't actually see Zeos. Don't know what's going on there. Um, but, um, But they do know this is Twin Planet. Um, so lots of people died and then there's a transmat. We all find a transmat. Thank goodness we find a transmat. The shadow, shadow, Bethany, shadow. That means nothing to you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, when the girls used to play netball, there was um, a really kind of overly over the top um, father of one of the kids, Bethany, and every time she did anything, he'd say, Shadow, Bethany, Shadow! <laughs> so I can't hear the word Shadow without hearing that in my head. Anyway. Um, right. Shadow, they did Bethany, that. Shadow. <laughs> he wasn't from the north of England either. He was a Kiwi, but still in my head, that's how it happened. Um, anyway. Yes, so, I, I'm, I'm feeling a tiny bit stuck, but that won't last. I'm going to get there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to release the pain, and I will end up 
on a shadow planet because no, Astra will or be on Zeos or on Zeos maybe. I'll end up on Zeos with Astra for a reason. Um, <laughs> good, good. We're there. She gets mind control. Eat. Um, oh no, she is on the shadow thing actually, isn't she? But they keep moving between Zeos and the shadow planet so much that you can't tell which is where. Yeah, she was in one of them. Stop questioning me, for goodness sake. Um, <laughs> Don't question me, sweetie. <laughs> um, then the doctor is like, actually, probably the only way to deal with this mad fucker, Marshall, is to make out like I'm on his side. If I say I'll help you, then he might be a tiny bit less mental. Um, thank goodness, because in the nick, of the nick of time, he manages to find out canines in a furnace and we need to go get him. Got him. Don't panic. Um, so he's like, what I need to do, go to Zeos. I have to. I have to have a chat. Yeah. It'll be really helpful. He's like, all right, and go there. I've got a transmat. Why have you got a transmat? Just do. Just one of those things I've got. It's like a martial thing. Don't panic. He gets to Zeos. No fucker there. They all died years ago. What they do find, Mentalis is programmed to do the thing, the Armageddon factor, just keep fighting and fighting and fighting until nobody wins, but it's all death and destruction. Good. Um, <laughs> they don't know about what? the Armageddon factor yet. Oh, sorry, I'll shut up. Oh, it doesn't matter, they did. They all knew, I knew. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> what happens if you put your hand in front of your face? Oh, uh, <laughs> it means it's a shadow planet. Odds, fool. Um, and so, Obviously, the reason that they couldn't get through to Zeos is because there was a shadow planet in the middle, which is why everything stopped. It's like if you try and contact someone who lives in Birmingham, you're in Newcastle. Um, but you try. There's <laughs> someone who's in Leeds. somewhere between Newcastle and Birmingham. I know. I was gonna... Someone's <laughs> in Leeds, you're fucked. You can't speak to the person in Birmingham, no chance whatsoever. That's just standard telecoms, isn't it? <laughs> yes, yes. So, Shadow Planet is responsible for all of the communication issues and is also a good place to have manacles. It's, it's just where you put them. Um, you didn't need... Uh, no reason. No reason whatsoever. Merak, you need to fall. Where are you falling? Don't know. Shap, like Shap. He can be a bit of fun. He fell backwards in a very overly comedic way. Um, <laughs> we've got the marshal thinking, right, sod it. I just need to blow some shit up. This is the only way that everything's going to be dealt with. I'm going to get my big ship, going to get some missiles, and I'm just going to go and I'm going to blow up Zeos. It's the only way. Um, and so the doctor has to stop him. He makes a sixth segment to create a time loop because that's what you do um and so we did that can i finish soon <laughs> you seem exhausted i'm so tired and i don't know where i'm going um <laughs> and that worked that was good but astra is trying to wiggle her way in we kind of know she's the sixth segment but we don't do we don't we i don't know we kind of do um Anyway, she's trying to play silly buggers with the Doctor because the Shadow chap wants the other segments and he knows about Astra. Yeah. Um, the end, no. <laughs> I really wanted to end. 
then the Black Guardian comes along and what about Drax? they. What about Drax? Oh yeah, Drax is in the middle. We'll talk about him later. He kind of—he's the guy who made Mentalis. He didn't really change it. We got bigger, we got smaller. That was it. Drax okay. is done. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> I think this is the only synopsis that has reduced you to almost tears. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I don't understand why any of it happened. Um, <laughs> And then, oh, well, Black Guardian comes. No, the, the Doctor fixes it all. The, they got the segment sorted. They got peace. They stopped things. Don't know how. But he's, oh, give the segment to the White Guardian. That's what I want to do. He's not the White Guardian because the White Guardian would care about people. He didn't care about Astra. You're a bad hat. We're going to squish the segment to the ends of the earth. <laughs> squish. <laughs> um, but Astra will be allowed to do something else. Um, can that be the end? The end! Actually, that was fairly accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Astonishingly. What was happening? I think, Why you, I think it's just... This, it's just too much happening in the Armageddon factor, but also conversely, it feels like nothing's happening. It's a weird mixture of feeling like you're, you're sort of like going through treacle, but at the same time, yeah. lots of different elements, but then not enough elements. I, I, I can't put my finger on it. It's odd. Yeah, like the background plot, like the concepts were quite good, mm. but the actual action to make it happen was really quite dull and a lot of back and forth and getting in a transmat. Oh, I counted the, I counted the transmats this time. Counted yeah. Them. How many do you think there were? I think there were fewer than you think. Oh, 13. 12. <laughs> God. Yes. Yes. So, I have been doing a bit of research. Would you like Good. would you like to know about the original story which is just called Armageddon? Yes. Yeah. I'd love to. And then also I'd like to know about this story called The Armageddon Factor. <laughs> so Armageddon, written by Bob Baker and Dave Martin, which was submitted the previous year, 77, um, was accepted immediately. This is a very good script. We like this very much. Um, basically, the plan was they knew it was the final um, story of the season, so they had six episodes. What they decided to do was split it up. So the first two episodes were in, on Atrios in the studio. The second mm -hmm. two episodes were on Zeos, on location, on Ooh. location, war-torn, ravaged, mutation world of death. Oh. Yes. And then, oh, this is less good, back in the studio for the last two episodes in the Castle of Evil. Oh. Yes. Okay. So, Shadow Planet. Yeah. Maybe. Kind of. So, the main differences in that story was that... The thing that's urging the Atreons onto war more than the Marshal is that the Shadow is kind of like this propaganda sort of ghost that keeps appearing to the Zeons and the Atreons, encouraging them to war and encouraging them to, you know, the moral victory and all this sort of stuff. And the Atreons call him the presence and the Zeons call him the voice. But it's this sort of second-hand person who's kind of controlling them. Oh, I like that. Mm. Much more 1984, much more joy. Mm. Oh, I like Astra doesn't appear till about episode five or six, and she dis she's talked about in the narrative for ages as having disappeared seven years before. She was an astrophysicist, and she's called Rainer, but they got rid of the name Rainer because it was too close to Prince Reinhardt, which was in a few stories 
earlier, or Reinhardt, Reiner, Reiner, Reinhardt, I don't know. Anyway, it was said yeah. that she, she discovered the third planet or the castle of evil. Um, the segments are hidden inside K9 because it was the safest place to hide the segments. I quite like that. They put them in the okay. little hatch. Um, on Zeos, there's loads of mutations. And that's what mutes means. Mute stands for mutations. But Yes. but They did kind of explain that a bit, oh, I think. Oh, did they? Or but they also... I've... Yeah. And there was an old man called Asgard who knew loads of stuff that they, they needed to talk to him. The most important difference, perhaps, is that the key to time six segment was the shadow's shadow. Oh. But it could only be, it's only when the tracer was lit up and look, acting like a candle that it would project the shadow's shadow in such a way that it be, could become the sixth segment. Tricky. I know. Just, just stand to the left of it. No, no, yeah, it's exactly. right. It's <laughs> very much like that. And I was like, well, the tracer's not a candle. It's very odd. Um, also, at the end, it was the White Guardian, not the Black Guardian. It was actually the White Guardian who we met in the Reboss who, who comes forward. And then the Doctor realises that maybe he was never the White Guardian in the first place in Reboss. So, yes. So that's so they didn't actually employ a Black Guardian. It was only because the guy who played the White Guardian wasn't available for the Armageddon Factor that they actually didn't include the original one. Oh, yes. okay. And the plan, the ultimate plan of why he wanted the segments was simply because they wanted to pit one half of the entire universe against the other. So there's, there's a sort oh, of, like over, a bigger version of overarching Armageddon factor sort of thing. Oh, to destroy okay. Everything. So that was the overall plan. So that was that was differences with the original, but I read it through. And so why did that not happen? Because it sounds better. Well, you say it sounds better when you read the synopsis. It feels really dark and depressing and endless, and I think the changes that um, were done by Anthony Reid and Douglas Adams made it lighter and a bit more colourful in parts, like. In terms of like Shap and in terms of a few of the silly bits with the Doctor Roman, I don't know. It just feels very dark and somber, and it's like really. But then the location would have helped. The location work would have really helped. Really would, yeah, yeah. Shap was too little. It, it it was almost like inappropriate, like how silly he was when everything else was pretty dark. Still, like I felt like it was all pretty dark and despair despairing and like it, it felt like a piss take yeah that he was there like i I, li- I liked him he needed that light but it was it, it didn't it didn't it just jarred a slight bit i think i mean mary tam in her autobiography says it was just really depressing to work on it seemed to go on forever and ever and ever and they were just really depressed by the subject matter and the corridors and everything and she just said oh, i was just constantly dull wow. yeah <laughs> Okay. Yes, and she didn't. I, like... yeah, I just, I didn't feel they had the joy. Sorry. Tom yeah. and Lala, Tom and um, Mary Tam, like they didn't, they weren't really alight with the joy of what of the possibilities. Like I think so much of what works with Tom is when he brings his own light and silliness to yeah. the script. And I, I could, there was obviously bits where he did that, but it just, it felt quite laboured and mm-hmm. without the joy he often has. Yes. Well, we'll get into that because I've got a I've got a few things I want to say about that. Good. But before we do, I'd like to ask you a question. What do you think Lala Ward was doing um, at the point that she was approached to, to be Astra? What do you think she was doing in her life? She'd given up acting. She'd done Dutch Duke Street. She said, "I'm not acting anymore. It's not for me." 
Where do you think she was and what do you think she was doing? It's so Lala Ward. It's so peak Lala Ward. <laughs> it just makes me laugh. She was a riding instructor at uh, Riding for the Blind Institute. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> she was deciding she was going to paint for a year, so she painted in France for a year. <laughs> oh, good, good. She needed that time out, didn't she, she did. just to find herself? So she was recalled from painting in France. Yes. She'd been seen by the director in a documentary, come drama about the poet Shelley, and she'd played not Mary Shelley, as all of the magazines say. She only played the daughter Harriet Shelley. Actually, incorrect. <laughs> but he's remembered for that, and that's why he got her for Astra. Wow. Yes. Um, should we get into episode one? Let's do that. Okay. I like the pastiche soap thing. Once you find that, yeah, I did. Soap. Yes. Yeah, I, I, the concept I did like, and I liked that. It, I was hopeful that it was going to take us closer to, like, more sounds like the, what they were going to do with the other one. It was about the strength of propaganda and how important that is for for keeping a nation going. And I feel like they were just kind of, kind of skirted the edges of that, as and it could have been a little bit stronger. But yes, the the concept of that I thought was really good. And then jumping into John Woodvine and his stirring kind of um, yes. speech, it was quite it was quite good. Yeah, so we had some Churchill, an implacable wrath, and yes. we will we will see them in the skies and all that sort of stuff. But also he, yeah. he channeled Gandalf a bit, didn't he? He had They Shall Not Pass at one point. People of Atrios, once more the hated forces of Zeus clamour at our gates. Once more, they shall not pass. Be brave, my people. Be steadfast. Be strong. This rain of death which the Zeans pour upon us, will it extinguish the flame of liberty, my people? My people. No. Our sun will rise again, and Atreus from its ashes will rekindle a mighty resolve, an implacable wrath, crushing the hated Zeon beneath the heel of Atreus. I think they did show him really well to be someone who who barely understood what he was doing, but was just so caught up in the excitement of it. Like yeah. that he wasn't even, even if his skill was being a good kind of warmonger, he wasn't even good at that. Like he didn't even know when his own ships were hit and whatever. Like he was a bit of a twat with it. He just was too excited by the concept of war and, and about his people and about being the, the, the figurehead for it all. That was too important yeah. for him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Michael Hayes, the director, remembers that one of the things that lightened the tone was the fact that John Woodvine is actually a Geordie. And occasionally after his takes or during his takes, he'd slip into Geordie to say his lines to cheer everyone up and make everyone laugh. Oh, love him. I know. So there's a line I've got here. He apparently said, um, why? Why? You promised us control of the world, like? <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, like you were going to Geordie. Um, yeah. Oh, lovely. Yeah, so yeah, I like no, to find more now. <laughs> no, it's good to hear. But he does, he just, he seems to play that kind of role a lot. Uh, I can't even think of anything else I've seen him in, but I just feel like I've seen him do that kind of role a few times. And it just, it feels like it's him. You feel like he completely embodies some kind of military general or something like that, because that's the kind of role I feel like I've always seen him in. But it could just be that I've seen the Armageddon Factor too many times. I don't did, know. I did I tell you about the time I came home from work when I lived in Abingdon? And there was, a, uh, there was a voice message on our phone. It was like, 
This is John Woodvine here. What? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I'm ringing on behalf of Lynn Farley, my wife. Because Lynn Farley was in Wish Me Luck, his wife, and like I was researching that at the time, and John Woodfine got on the call, and I was like kind of more excited about John Woodfine being on the call. <laughs> oh my goodness! So he left a voice message. I've still got it somewhere. Yeah, we well, fucking ought to. That's brilliant. I don't know. But not be... Geordie at all. He doesn't. He doesn't no. do Geordie ordinarily. Not. Damn. Not. Um, so I have a question. Yes. Um, why did the missiles explode? Yes, I've got that. Why did it blow up if it didn't hit the TARDIS? Yes. Yes. No impact. What the fuck's going on? Well, I, I looked into the original script. In the original script, the Doctor doesn't dematerialise quite in time and the TARDIS actually gets hit by it a little bit. So that's why it a blows up. A little bit hit. A little bit hit. hit. <laughs> Just on it. need a plaster. Okay, nice. Yeah, one of those Mr. Bump plasters. You have those Mr. Bump plasters. <laughs> Yes, that'd be um, oh, can we talk well. about Astra's fucking guard? I, I was just fucking... about to say, can we talk about him? Who employed him and why? Who let those scenes go in? Just, he has too much of episode Let, one. Let's put some of that into the episode now. Let's hear the guard who's escorting Astra to K Block. Excuse me, gentlemen. Yes? Yes, sir, she is. Yes, sir. Very good, sir. Will do, sir. Well? There's been a change of plan, Your Highness. Your visit to the children's ward has been cancelled. Why? A danger of subsidence, Your Highness, to recent attack. But what about the children? They're being evacuated. We're to go to K-Block so that you can welcome them into their new quarters. I thought K-Block was closed down years ago because of radiation contamination. Apparently it's clear now, Your Highness. This way, please. I mean, honestly. Is it's that just, one of the worst performances in Doctor Who ever? Really was. And like at first I was thinking, oh, he's only going to have one line. So oh, forgive him that. Pages but of dialogue. <laughs> yes. He was a significant part of the plot and he was absolutely abysmal. Like I felt sorry for him the whole time, but he got paid for that. He actually <laughs> he pulled away. He's from still that getting paid for that if he's alive. <laughs> oh, God. But yeah, oh, did you feel then with that bit with K-Block that to me, like, because the way it was shot, it showed that she kind of knew that she was being duped. She like, absolutely she kind knew. Of, so it doesn't make sense. It doesn't. It's like for, for the fear of being impolite, she just was like, oh, no, I'll go in anyway. I don't want to make him feel uncomfortable. I think, I think it, was very, it was a very British approach, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, it'll be awfully embarrassing if I don't go. <laughs> It'd be too embarrassing for us all. So I'll just go along with it. I'll just die in radiation. It'd be fine. I just would, would hate to say no. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, just something to go back a bit was um, the, um, or maybe it's not back, maybe it's right about now. And that's the conversation between the Doctor and Romana about whether you go into things with a positive attitude or a negative one at the first. Yeah. And he was saying it's always best to go in with a positive attitude first and then you always find out that it is bad yeah because <laughs> his real attitude was that he's actually a pessimist yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was really bizarre that whole yeah but they're thought, always actually, doing something bad in the, yeah. but actually, I think that's true it's kind of a good way of thinking like because like at least you go in happy 
Because yeah. it always is pretty shit. If you go in thinking the worst, people are always going to be the worst, and therefore you're only ever thinking bad thoughts all the time. Yeah, exactly. Be, yeah. In this way, at least you've got this like positive frisk on at the start. Yeah. <laughs> No, that was quite cute, but yeah, it was, that was probably the cleverest bit of dialogue they had. Think, Pop, why do you always assume the worst? Because it usually happens. Empirical poppycock. Where's your joy in life? Where's your optimism? It's opted out. Optimism, belief that everything will work out well, irrational, bordering on insane. Oh, do shut up, Kena. Listen, Romana, whenever you go into a new situation, you must always believe the best until you find out exactly what the situation's all about. Then leave the worst. Ah, but what happens if it turns out not to be the worst after all? Don't be ridiculous, it always is, isn't it, K9? Master. I really liked actually very early on when um, the hospital wing got um, hit and <laughs> this big concrete joist falls down. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, and Merrick's like, don't worry, it's fine. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like a bit um the stuff about the doctor and romana pretending to be war tourists that they visit yes, that was quite, the i liked that concept it was clever. i did too but also it made me think for ages i had to do so much searching on google to find this i knew there's a film that i'd watched or at least thought about getting out of a video shop in stafford <laughs> or in fact it turned out it must have been later than that because it was 92 so um a film called timescape with jeff daniels and it's about him meeting a group of people who are dressed weirdly and they are war tourists and they come to see disasters in history and they sort ah. of like travel through time to see disasters. And they, they were there. Well, it's a little bit. Yeah. Sorry, carry on. No, they, they were just there really to see a disaster that was going to be, befall this, this school. So it wasn't like war level, but it was small incidents and explosions and stuff like in a sort of really ghoulish way. And I just thought it was a really... Horrible, but good idea. Time skate. Um, Escape, yeah. yeah, time skate. Okay. From the moment they arrived. Three nights, five rooms. How much? You've been on the road long? Our tour began some time ago. Ben Wilson knew they were different. Tell me what you imagine, Ben, and then let me show you what we can really do. When he stumbled onto their secret. 1906, 1937. Keep it back. What year are you from? He opened the door to his future. We know you know, Ben. Take your family and do not come back until you're absolutely certain it is safe for you to do so. Sending him racing. Everybody leave! Please! Get out of here! Against time. You let my daughter die. What we cannot allow is involvement in issues of life and death. Now. What you got there? Time offers Ben a second chance. Yes, sir. Now you have to find it before he destabilizes everything. To save his child. I'm trying to get her away from here. Hey! He can't do this! Save himself. Why do you look like me? By the time you figure out whether it's possible or not, we're going to be dead. Wait! And save his town. But time... Stop it before he interferes! ...is running out... ...again... Starring Jeff Daniels. Yeah, 
yeah but also it's actually quite similar to the plot of that um that Eccleston and Billy one where they all go to the um the end of the universe end of the world. to watch yeah. yeah. Yes, true. Yes, ma'am. So I'm sure there must be other things in science fiction as well that, that do that, but I just thought it was it was a nice idea. Yes, yeah, no, completely. Oh, yeah. I watched this with Ryan. I must talk mm-hmm. about this. So yeah. before now, he's only ever seen Pyramids of Mars, Robots of Death, Genesis of the Daleks, Stones of Blood. So he's seen those. His and then view we, of Doctor Who. watched the Leisure High. <laughs> then we watched the Leisure High, which he thought was not great. Then we watched the Armageddon facts, and he was like, is this what most of Doctor Who is like? I'm like <laughs> I dare you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's say he's not been clamouring. Not been clamouring at me for more Who. As he so not, though, flower. But yeah. he did say during episode one, have we had a... Because um, because we didn't watch Power of Crawl because we skipped forward because he'd watched the other four because we had watched all actually we had watched all of the Key to Time he did enjoy oh, yeah. he did enjoy Tara as well so okay he didn't like Pirate Planet he quite liked Reboss but he thought it was talky but um oh, thought it was talky rude <laughs> rude <laughs> <laughs> but we had he said have we had a key be a person yet he asked in episode one I was like oh. hold your damn horses there right. mate. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I was very tight-lipped about that. I can imagine. Uh, don't let it out. Don't let it out. <laughs> Didn't look at him for the rest of the day. Oh, no. I, I can't show. talk to you now. <laughs> Do you know what you've done? Yes, I even watched it with Christy because um, oh, because we do couples counselling now. <laughs> oh, so he feels like he needs to do this kind of thing, otherwise he gets in trouble. And I have ammunition for the next couples counselling session. Yeah, okay, okay. Um, so yes, um, and yes, I, I have no feedback. I'm impressed. He sat there the whole time. He did not comment. He did not seem interested. He just tried to to not talk about it in any way, shape, or form. I think he found it incredibly boring. But yeah, fair enough. Yeah, well, you find his people being blown up in situations boring, don't you? I do, correct, because it mm. fucking is. Yeah. Um, I've got a question about blowings ups, and that's blowings ups. Uh, yes. End of episode one, it doesn't make any sense. The TARDIS is gone. No, it's not. It's just. Oh, I've got that as well. No, there's something in the way. That's very fucking different. You <laughs> yes. yes. I'm really annoyed by that. I was like, no, it's just behind some rubble. Say that. Yeah. No. Yeah, I do think rubble is a very Doctor Who word. You use it in a Doctor Who context more than any other context. Rubble. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've not used it in many other situations. <laughs> True. I kind of liked the pointing out the obvious sense that they wasn't particularly hilarious. But when he says people aren't dissolved by radiation, you're a surgeon. You should know that. It just it was quite nice. I just kind of I enjoyed that sentence, even though it wasn't particularly witty. It just kind of it was quite. Like, stop being a twat, basically. Yeah. I really Get enjoyed out. the bit where um, it was really like Reboss, where they called, like, they called something rude, and they said, we're not like that, are we? And there was a sort of a callback to that, and when they said, do we look like spies? No, no, we don't. <laughs> you know, I like all that business with the yeah. Doctor and Romana when they're accused of things, and they say, like, no, we're not that. Uh, yeah, they have their own little chat between themselves, though, which yeah. is quite nice. Yeah. Yes. You're obviously Zian spies. Spies? Do we look like spies? No. I mean, I thought spies looked kind of... Sergeant Merrick, son. Good. 
I also noted that I thought that the shaft that K9 went into for the furnace was very handily placed on the floor without any sort of lip. Very helpful. I couldn't work out what's going on at that point. I was like, wow, this is all really straight. Oh, that that this is actually them collecting for scrap. Wow. This is how they do that. Yeah, it was very, very And canine sized placed. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also like a red kind of thing to follow. Like what was that about? Like what other situation was it helpful I for? Know. And they used it in part four as well to control the canine then as well, I felt. But that was like the shadow controlling it. I was very confused. I don't understand. It was that noise. It went <laughs> sort of noise. Just like there that. There's a lot of annoying worry noises. A lot of them. Yeah. Well, apparently the director hated the story because there's just so much post-production video effects and special effects and he was so bored uh, of them okay. all. Yeah. When, when the director hates the story, you know you've got a problem. <laughs> you're, not a good, you're not in a good place, are you? <laughs> you said, yeah. I'll, 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 quit, I'll, I'll read out to you from this interview. Um, Time has smoothed the horrors of Armageddon Factor, but it was very telling. Just the sheer fact that I was doing 10 episodes on the trot, because he did androids as well, that I could be found rambling around the rehearsal rooms, clutching my security blanket and moaning. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yes. I do like in episode two, when the Doctor gets his bit about this blessed plot, this realm, this England, where they're, you know, yeah. and um, it's based on um, Richard II, where the marshal oh, okay. says his lines and the doctor joins in saying this blessed plot. I, yeah. I thought that was very fourth doctor and Tom Baker was really enjoying it. And that was one yes. moment I was like, this is Doctor Who. I like this. Yeah, it was. Cl- and the way that John Woodbine said, yes, yes, that's a good bit. Yes, I like that. They were kind of riffing on, of each other kind of thing. Like, yes, that's exactly what I would have wanted but to But then say. the marshal says something not right and the doctor's like, no, 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 that's not as good as the original. I just thought that was Ooh. lovely. Now that you are here, you are the one... I am. Am I? The one who will lead us to victory. Oh, good oak. As long as there's no personal risk involved, of course. To halt the hated Zeans in their tracks, wipe their presence from our skies, and free this land, this world, this Atrios. This blessed plot. Good, good, this blessed plot from the terrors of war and the evils of pestilence. Yes! No, I prefer the original. Have you ever thought that it's really unhelpful when someone tells you to not worry about something. And, and, and I must admit, I think by the end of, um, of seeing Merak, I would have told him to just shut the fuck up. <laughs> when they kept saying, oh, worrying won't help. And you're just like, fuck off. Like, if your girlfriend's just been, like, abducted, and you're like, oh, you shouldn't worry, just carry on like normal. Like, it's just completely insane advice. It's not helpful, is it? No. Yeah, at all. Yeah. But then, yeah. I, I also wrote, I wrote down here... Lots of good knob acting, I wrote. <laughs> okay. When there was the Atrian attack and there was lots of people doing knob acting. Oh! I was saying, what were the desk people doing? I have no idea. Like, what, what was their role? Just Because surely the ship, the pilots on the ships were, were piloting the ships. So and what were they doing? Themselves. Yeah, just having a wiggle. Maybe yeah. they were just showing that really bad graphic on the screen. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, but it just did bring me to all of those. Like, there's always someone in Doctor Who doing that, isn't there? If there's, there's some kind of action elsewhere. There's always people on desks moving knobs. Like, it just it just makes no fucking sense whatsoever. And I think I'll, I forgive 
Doctor Who that most of the time, but when I'm angry, like I'm like I'm just annoyed. And this I was like, would you stop fucking around with your fucking knobs? It's so obvious you're not helping. And I just kind of it kind of it gives you an indication of how you're feeling with the rest of the story of how okay you are with the knob people. Whether yes, yeah, so yeah. whether you'll let them off or not. Yeah. My favourite line in the whole of the Armageddon fact came in episode two, and it was the Marshal say saying. How can we have peace until we have the ultimate deterrent that will ensure a lasting peace? Which <laughs> yeah. is just like so deep and clever. Yeah, we can't have peace until people are utterly terrified. <laughs> yes, and we have. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's just. Yeah. It's how peace has been brokered in today in the world by having. Yeah. And it's just terrifying that that's how we could get to peace. It's just. Yeah. Wow. Yes. I did like the shift in this, in that, that episode of kind of John Woodvine kind of going from being really furious. Because generally, when when the Doctor's all cocky and kind of he's captured and he's being like very Tom Bakerish, generally the captor will hate him and will continue to hate him. But I just, I quite enjoyed that there was a shift in this where John Woodvine really kind of grew to... To, to like him so they have all of that dialogue and in the end he's just like oh yeah yeah you're my kind of guy and how how he does he changes opinion and also he becomes quite vulnerable at that point like that John Woodvine's character kind of by by giving at that point by giving in and changing who he what he thought he just kind of he seemed to have a bit more depth seemed to have a bit more vulnerability and be someone who you kind of thought oh there is you don't like him you don't trust him you don't want him in charge of your country but you're like I get that he's a human being. He's not just this two-dimensional character who's um, just a, a, a fearful, terrible, terrible guy. There was more to him, which was nice. Yeah, no, I agree completely. Um, I often wonder about how well-travelled or how knowledgeable Tom Baker actually is because quite often he says words wrongly, like pronounce them wrongly, and the one in this episode was, it was a trick I picked up from the Firewalkers of Bali rather than Bali. He's oh, always doing that. He's always pronouncing right. things wrongly. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, you, I just would assume, because he always says things like he knows, you're just thinking, oh, it must be another place called Bally. <laughs> because he just has that way about him. You trust anything that guy says. Yeah. Oh, I did like the idea of um, the ethnographic approach, because it's part of my approach in my daily work. Oh. Um, ethnography, finding out about how people function and the human being and the fact that they wanted to find out the doctor's plan was to find was to fa- go to a prisoner, a Zeon, to understand their makeup, to understand how they operated. Mm. So that was yeah. the best way of, of, you know, bringing the war to, to an end. And I thought yeah. that was a really good approach, was ethnography. So yes, correct. Nice. So Didn't good. work out that way, did it? Because there was no Zeon prisoners, because there was no damn Zeon. Exactly. So were, were all the Zeons murdered well i think they all died in the nuclear war right so that ah that would have meant that mentalists did a really shit job because oh, yeah but it's i don't know it doesn't make sense hmm. um yeah I, episode three to me was just called let's all transmit because that was when it all just started it was just <laughs> transmit hell oh i must tell you i must tell you ryan's nickname for lala ward <laughs> bit harsh he calls her toothy rat face (laughs) (laughs) it's like wow she's not she's not great she's like yeah she doesn't have a 
I think it's because she yeah. has a hair up to begin with as well, doesn't it? It doesn't do her face any favours, but... No. Oh, it's like, I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> that seems wrong. Um, the shadow is introduced in long, in wide shot, effect, okay. in effect. He's just sat there. I'm thinking, he's almost like... It's like when they introduced the, in the two doctors to Santarans, they're in the distance, and I'm like, no, you introduced them really close to and really terrifyingly. And it's just, right. it's just sat there. Not good. Yeah, there, there wasn't any fear factor, I think, with him at all. Um, tell and me there was opportunity think, yeah. to. Tell me what you think about the shadow. I mean, I'm, I can um, tell from my voice that I'm not a fan. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't... I didn't get a lot of what was going on with him. <laughs> he's just... He's just... I am evil with a capital E. He's there was no character. Pantomime. There was no depth. No. There was no kind of background like who was he where did he come from yeah. why did he have those feelings he was just a really two-dimensional bad yeah definitely that was not good enough and i think this original concept of the castle of evil and then they started talking about the planet of evil at the end that they'd not said yes. before and so yes, that was, was like, really strange and just seemed yeah. like well you didn't even call the planet of evil the planet of evil so why <laughs> the fuck are you calling this one yes and also, what I was confused about was it was clearly like a space station because they showed a shot of it once and it was a space station. Yes, it was. You're right. And I was yes. really confused. And, and I was like, yeah, I didn't know what. I was like, well, how does that block? If it's not a planet, yes. how does it block? How is it lead? No, it has to be like a <laughs> circular. Yes, honestly, leads is just there's no way it's going to stop you. So that it's was all planet. very weirdly and confusingly wrong. Um, I do like the idea though of the Black Guardians, which was to just say to the shadow right you wait there the doctor and romana get all of the segments and then you just collect them all at the end i thought yeah. that was a clever plan that you wait yeah. for them to get the five and then you just get the sixth one but it's it's copied from the keys of marinus do you remember the leader of the word yartek he attacks mm. arbitan and he just waits for the doctor and ian and barbara and susan to come back with all the keys it's a good plan, though. It's a good plan. It's it's the plan you'd go for. It kind of makes sense. It's just, if you're underhand, that's the one you go with. Did you like the little squeak that Shep did? I think that was probably my favourite bit in the whole thing. Was that when he fell backwards? <laughs> no, 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 it was when he first, he was using his communicator. But he when he realises, when he, when he first arrives on Zeos, that's it. And he's like... <laughs> <laughs> and then he just then he starts talking properly, but it just kind of, kind of just demonstrating how scared he was. It was really quite cute. Oh, I enjoyed him good. a lot. Yeah, I did. Yes. Chapter control. Chapter chapter. Oh yeah! Suddenly, there's the bracelet, which Merak didn't tell Romana about earlier that she that they find. She said, "Is there anything else she always wears?" And he was like, "Nope." And then there's the bracelet. <laughs> Nothing to love. Yeah. Yeah, Um, Yeah, at that point I was like, why does the doctor actually hate Merak? Because like I I know why I hate Merak, but like I just couldn't quite work out like because he's he's really annoyed with him and then well like when he's like, What's a bee? And he's like, Oh, it's an insect that stings with their tails, and it's like, wow. Like he's fucking furious with him, and like they just again, there doesn't seem to have been any kind of conversation that led to that point, it just like, oh, well, we all hate Merak because he's Merak kind of thing. But yeah, mm. I didn't get it. I, one of my bullet points for episode three is, I'm not invested in any of these situations. It's just messing about in corridors and transmatting. <laughs> right <there>. Yeah. <laughs> really is. Yeah. Oh, the longest sequence ever. Ryan just looked at me at this point as if to say, 
why am I sat here? And it was the bit where K9 went into the room to talk to Mentalis and it took so long. Ugh. And it was like, it was the ID ritual. At first it was waiting to enter, then it went yeah. in, there was K9 was circling. Then there was And it didn't add com- anything to the plot. Like, oh, oh, so what do you think that was? Oh, that was an ID like okay. Like but it went just on didn't ever. Yeah, really, yeah, you're right. I have watched you and your jackdaw meanderings. I, I wrote down, has the Shadow watched the reboss operation up to the power of Kroll? Has he watched all of that somehow? How has he, and how has he watched them? Has he got a video player? Yeah, he was like with a popcorn and he was doing, basically doing our podcast, wasn't it? I wouldn't have said that at that point. No. <laughs> the computer logic I wrote down... Um, is very much like when that's revealed. It's very like Destiny of the Daleks. That logic problem, which is, is the next yeah. story. It's the next story, isn't it? Yeah. Um, oh, so is weird. it? Yeah. Of course it is. Yeah. So that's weird having the similar sort of thing of like that that logic battle sort of thing. Well, it wasn't necessarily logic. No, it wasn't. It was computer. Logheads. It wasn't. It was programmed deliberately to do that. Whereas it was like a, an accidental stalemate with the Destiny one. But yeah, still a similar concept. And it was round a bit about this time that Romana was calling it Zeos and Zeons. Rude. So, yes. Try yeah. harder. Listen. Um, episode four. I don't think I've got anything else on episode three. Um, oh, there's that scene where Shap kept interrupting the Doctor, and that was rather fun. What are you going to do? Well, we're going to try and neutralise and dismantle Mentalis here, and it's absolutely essential that while I'm fiddling, it doesn't have to be distracted by an attack from the Marshal. Now, listen. I want you two to go back to Atrios via the transmat. You, Shepard, to contact the Marshal. Tell him he's won. Tell him the war's over. Tell him anything you like, but stop him taking any further action. And if I can't? Well, then Mentalis will... If the Marshal refuses to listen? Well, then Mentalis will go... If he insists on going ahead? Well, then Mentalis will go into its Armageddon sequence. We'll be bits of dust flying around the cosmos, including the Marshal. You might even tell him that. What are you waiting for? (laughs) It's when you're looking for things to be fun, you think, well, actually, it's obviously not that great, you know? Yeah, you were like, we needed him. Everything you said, you're like, oh, thank goodness, it's less painful for a second. But yeah, it just, it, it, none of it helped further plot at all. And yeah, you just, you were aware that you were quite bored with the rest of it. And then, of course, we have fire. Fire. Oh, I mean, God, not stopping. That time yeah. loop thing is very tiring. Yeah, and the amount it of really times, is. The amount of times we're, t- we're shown how numbers work. Yeah, you know, like ten, nine, eight, seven. It's like we know, <laughs> we know the order of numbers, and it was just like they showed it on screen so many times. It was like no, yeah, no, no, yeah, no. You definitely could drift off quite easily. I did find it strange that they actually commanded the segments. That that felt weird. Like it just felt like that wouldn't do anything. Is that? Do the thing. No, like, no, you need, you, you can't just talk to a pile of segments. It just doesn't feel like there would be but any interface there. I don't think you believe in the, the majesty and grandeur of the of the key to time. The landscape. <laughs> the landscape. <laughs> Not too keen on the bacon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, what else? Um, yeah, we already said, didn't we, um, in our quiz section, how much we liked the negative space aspect that you can work out what the six segment would be i like that yes it was clever yes and all the chronodyne bits i like that oh have i told you that i want to buy a key to time because you can buy them as a sort of art piece people sell so would it be pull pull apartable yes pull apartable 
and light up from inside once the trace is inside <gasps> of it. I know, I really wow. want it. But I don't know oh, whether it's... That would be pretty cool. It would be cool, but I don't know whether it's money that I've got these days. <laughs> so, yes, yes. Anyway. Um, I thought there was a lot of House of Idiot-inspired dramatic cloak work. So that Astrid's yeah, switching as my ugly yellow cloak. <laughs> yeah, Astrid's determined <laughs> to show that she's got a yellow inside to her cloak. She's like swish, swish. <laughs> just like, just yeah, like um, this, this bee from House of Idiot. Yes. Um, I think the thing I remember from, as a kid really liking as a child is no surprise is Princess Astra the most of all. Just because she's so interesting. Because first of all, she's like she's a key figure in in Atrios, and then. She's obviously important to the story, and I don't remember working it out when I was a kid, but the fact that she's so fascinated by the key and all of that stuff, I think is really interesting. And I do like the fact that the segment is a person to this day. I still like that. But Yeah, when she's talking about transcendence and when she's all kind of getting all excited by it and whatever, I guess, yeah, it feels like there's a purpose. But yeah, no, it just, it was just too dull, really. Oh, and yeah, oh, didn't you find it strange <laughs> when... When Astra kind of has a go at him, as a knocks Merrick over and whatever, and then he's like looking at her and she's, you're not Astra. And it's like, that's not what you'd be saying right now. You'd be like, Astra, why are you being such a fucking bitch? Like, you wouldn't actually think. <laughs> you would, you certainly. Think that's that's what you would say. Yeah. Fucking yeah. bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't assume I'm I'm even you even switched out with another person. <laughs> that's just a really bizarre assumption yeah, to make. I know. I was wondering why K9 was in this so much, like so too much. And then I realised it's because mm. it's Bob Baker and Dave Martin and they wrote, they created K9. So that's why there's so much flipping K9. Uh. And it's just like, oh, there must, the amount of effects that must have been related to K9 moving along and making all that noise. And oh, it's just tedious. Yeah. I can imagine yeah, why no, people. Yeah, it doesn't would, add anything. No. Oh, yeah, I wrote down for episode five The Shadow is Abanaza. He's a panto villain, nothing more. Hmm. Yes. Yeah, definitely. I wrote, ah, girls, rude. (laughs) (laughs) I was just really annoyed with the doctor thinking it was okay to just, you know, collectively call um, Romana and Astra girls. How do you feel about Romana and Astra being together on screen? It's weird, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah. They're not awful. No, no, it's it's good. It's quite fun. It's quite fun, isn't it? Yeah. But unlike that panel I saw with Mary Tam and Lala Ward at a convention... Oh, because Lala Ward was in a foul mood and she was like really rude to the interviewer when they're asking questions and it was and Mary Tam was trying to smooth it all over and make it okay but it was just like it was such an occasion for a fan of seeing two Romanas together on stage mm. and this was like in the 90s so they still looked very like their characters mm. so what, what convention was that? I think it was in Coventry and Brian was there and Marisa and um yeah. Was and that a panopticon it, in Coventry? I don't think it was a panopticon because I don't remember ever going to a big one like that. Okay. I feel like it was a monopticon, but it can't have been because Manopticon was in Manchester. Yeah, it was in Manchester, yeah. If anyone knows, write in. Anthony Ainley was also there. Anyway. <laughs> and he came up at the start and said, I'm very nervous. And he, yeah, that was sweet. But, um,. Yeah, it was a really awkward panel, and that was the moment I kind of fell out of love with Lala Ward because she was just so strident and rude to the interviewer. I was like, well, maybe you're having a bad day, but there's no need to be this 
this rude yeah. about his questions. And Mary Tam often, obviously felt uncomfortable sitting there next to her and she was trying to make it nice and pleasant. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yes. He's better. Better human. Maybe. Um, um, I liked Drax a lot. Drax. He episode is five. Best. Yes. He was our only fucking joy. Thank God he came along. Just the silliness of him being, having got stuck in Brixton for 10 years and just being a little bit of a wide boy kind of time lord who never got a doctorate where the doctor did. And I love the fact that even though it's he was calling him feet, it just obviously with a Cockney accent, it sounded like feet. <laughs> just kept, like, kept shouting feet at the doctor and I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, and he just, he did transport us away from the dullness and it kind of gave a dimension to the story and you're like, oh, he created Mentalis. Oh, he's being kind of employed by the shadow chapter to do yeah. something a bit more interesting like it just is like oh there's another bit going on that yeah. i can wake up for <laughs> quite literally <laughs> <laughs> of course <laughs> drax yeah i was all right at practical remember yeah temporal theory did me still you did well mind getting your doctorate and all that <laughs> what happened to you i failed didn't i still not to worry i was doing all right till this lot i went into repair and maintenance do anything, anytime, anywhere. I've been all over the galaxy. Buy a bit, do it up, sell it. Yeah. What sort of things? Cybernetics, guidance systems, you name it. Armaments. Yeah, and not on a regular basis, of course. Jax, I was introduced to a computer on Zeos. Called itself Mentalis. Did you by any chance have anything to do with the installation? Strictly under duress. That's why I'm here. The minute I finish the job, wham, feet never touch the ground. The shadow. I didn't know he was, did I? Just another customer, I thought. I, I would also say that, though, that it's a shame that it's so recently that we've had Garen being from Hackney Wick and being a con man. It's a very similar mm. idea that Drax yeah, is... Yeah, you're right. Is, I, know he's, I know Garen's not a Time Lord, but I feel it's too close yeah, to that. Yeah, similar. And uh, the fact that he was he was there kind mm. of working for a period of time and caught up, caught the... Kind of the lingo, and yeah, yeah, no, it's right. It is, yeah. I don't know, yeah, for me that, that we watch them so separately that it doesn't yeah. even occur to me, but yeah. I did like yeah, Canine saying, sense. Your silliness is noted, he said to Drax. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Which is, which is nice. I like the, co- the concept of him, uh, the doctor getting a doctorate, and that why he's that being why he's called the doctor, and just like the little things like that just felt like. A bit nicer. I just I like it when they kind of uncover mm. things about yeah. the past and just the fact that he would have nicknames in in his kind of classes and yeah, I just I did. I liked him a lot. And it just made me want Drax to be a regular feature. It's like a real shame that he was just once and done. Yeah. Um well the writer, one of the writers, contacted the whoever it was, probably Graham Williams, the producer, to say, You're, I'm happy for you to use Drax again without payment. Oh, um, okay. Even though they created him, but they never did. But that was interesting. Right. They were as excited about Drax as... Yeah, mm. Mm. Yeah, no, there's definitely mileage in him because cause he's so easily bought and but not necessarily a bad human being. Like, that's just... that That's good light entertainment qualities. Like, that's what you need. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah. What did you think about the miniaturisation sequence and all that and the idea of canine as a Trojan horse? pointless. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just bizarre. Yeah, like, obviously the Doctor didn't know what was going on. Like, 
that they, they were working feverishly towards a plan, but obviously they both had a very different plan, which just seemed really strange. It's like have a chat first. Like you always assume there's been like an an off screen conversation that they know what they're working towards, but the fact they actually hadn't known what the other was doing was just strange. Yeah. So we're into episode six. Well, I am, and I. We- I wrote down. I wrote down General Smythe. Why did I write down General Smythe in my notes? Mm. It's because in episode six, after ages away from them, suddenly we we're back with Merak and Shap on Atreus, and it was just like a General Smythe moment from the War Games when you're like, "Oh God, yeah. we're back here again!" I can't here again. <laughs> Doesn't occur to me because every time that we're back with General Smythe, I'm happy because he's the best. Okay, good to know. Um. I've got a question, a big question. It's a genetics question. So with your genetic and scientific background, yeah, yeah. I'm sure you'll be able yes, to answer this question for me. Yes. Uh, before we get to that, though, Romana's stupid line about, remember, you're the sixth princess of the sixth, sixth, thick of the sixth, sixth, sixth thing. The sixth and thing, it's like, yeah. It's, that's very much like the Duke of Forgill saying, remember, you're the head of the Scottish <laughs> Energy Commission. That's right, I am. <laughs> <laughs> It's a sort of, yes, thank you for reminding me of actually integral things to do with my character. But, um, but right, so Atreus, Astra rather, is the sixth daughter of the sixth whatever of the sixth. How, how, pray tell, do you make her the sixth segment of the key to time? How has that gone about? How does one do that? Yeah, because the way they had explained it, aside from the sixth shit, was that everyone in that line was car- was carrying all of those genes. So if it, if she'd been like the f- um the fifth daughter would have had the same fucking genes as well and therefore would have been just as possibly the and key did to time. She, did she have to be the sixth daughter? Because maybe they decided, oh we've had five kids now it's enough. It's quite noisy it's quite noisy here on Atrios <laughs> in this little apartment. Palatial <laughs> as it may be, we are important here. But then yeah. they have the imperative to have six children, for instance. Um, I it's, don't it's, know. It's a flawed plan. It is. And it's also like, yeah, at what point does she actually become the segment in that sense? And why does she have bits in her that other people don't that makes her more completely the segment? It made uh, sense that the, they would be able, there would be some part of her genes that well, it didn't make sense, but it could make sense. <laughs> that yeah, there'd be some genes that would be passed down that could then be turned into the key to time. But the fact that it was only her, no, that doesn't make any sense. It would have to be everyone in the line. But what about as well? Does the sixth segment of the key to time exist before they have that sixth daughter? It doesn't, does it? She has to be a baby. She has to exist before that sixth segment exists. So is there a yeah, because before... it's like if they'd have gone looking for the key to time like forty years ago, still someone would have been, someone would have been the key to time. Oh really? It'd be like some, yeah, I reckon, some great aunt that was not the sixth of anything, <laughs> but she had the same genes. Should be aunt, aunt Agatha of Atrios. Yeah. Is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Until Astra's born, she's like the placeholder key. Yeah. I, I think, think I've so. thought about this a little too much. <laughs> Yeah, I think perhaps you have. <laughs> well, I'm glad we've established that. Um, I didn't think much of it being a moral dilemma, the fact that Astra would die. On the basis, although, yeah, it's a human being. But when you consider the, the second 
segment had been a whole planet that was destroyed. <laughs> yeah. I was kind of like, hmm, what about Califrax? What about the people of Califrax? Do they matter? But hadn't Califrax already been squishened? It was squishened before it was turned into the segment. But is that because the, the pirate killed all the people on Califrax? That's okay, the pirate captain. Yeah. Is that why? But surely yeah, to get had, the segment, you'd have to take Califrax with you in your pocket and like, suddenly people would all be dead. Yeah. So, yeah. But there's a moral question there about an entire planet, I feel. I agree. It's not appropriate. Had the pirate not been around, then still, the dilemma would have been someone's. Yes. Tell me you're upset by Drax's goodbye line. Remember me to Gallifrey. Gallifrey. And then... No. No. But no, no, he calls it Gallifrey the whole time. I know. Like, it's wrong. Or, and then the doctor is caught up with it and he can't start calling it fucking Gallifrey. Because Drax is Gallifrey, Mary Tam rightfully brings us back to Gallifrey, and then the doctor's like, no, no, I'll happily go along with a bit of Gallifrey. And it was really upsetting. Yes, well, we're back to the Firewalkers really. of Bali, aren't we? That's <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. He really isn't a very uh, no. well travelled man. No. no. Um,. I do always like the power corruption scene where he does his mad face and saying, you know, if I had all this power, all that business, Tom Baker. thought that was nice. Yeah. I always like that. Yeah. We have the power to do anything we like. Absolute power over every particle in the universe. Everything that has ever existed or ever will exist. As from this moment. Are you listening to me, Romana? Yes, of course I'm listening. if you're not listening, I can make you listen. Because I can do anything. As from this moment, there's no such thing as free will in the entire universe. There's only my will because I possess the key to time. Doctor, are you all right? Well, of course I'm all right, but suppose I wasn't all right. <sighs> now, this thing makes me feel in such a way I'd be very worried if I felt like that if I was somebody else feeling like this about that. Do you understand? Yes. What do you understand? That the sooner we hand this over to the White Guardian, the, the better. better. Yeah, just kind of investigating what that could mean for someone, but yeah. But I do Not like the me. idea better of the White Guardian being the original actor playing the White Guardian rather than getting the Black Guardian in and revealing that the White Guardian is in fact the Black and they're two sides of one coin, which I think was the original idea, rather than having two... So, sorry, separate... was it a different actor for the original, for the White Guardian? So the Cyril Luckham plays the White Guardian in Rebos Operation and then we have Valentine... Uh, and then we have Valentine brought in that. as the Black Guardian for this, but it was meant to be... So Cyril... surely that would be reason enough for the Doctor to go... You're not the right guardian because I saw you. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, of course, because he impersonates him, doesn't he? Yeah, I suppose it's twenty six weeks ago. You wouldn't remember, would you, as the viewer? No. no. Cyril Luckham. Did yes. You say? Yeah. No, can't get him. So okay. we've got to talk about um, the fact that it's just so. It's such a loss. It's such a bad ending, isn't it? That all the segments are just scattered. And yeah. It's like, well, that was you've for just nothing. Spent, you've invested so long in kind of caring about that that, yeah, it was just that. And then it didn't matter after all. And I think I remember when you first told me about the key to time. I just there was something about having been let let down by TV shows before, where I was like, oh, I hope they don't all end up not. Uh, they don't end up not using them in the end and then just saying, oh, no, that was all like a bad accident kind of thing. And I remember really feeling conscious of that. And it was really, really upsetting that that was the way it worked out. But I, 
like I do feel that that was lazy writing that was quite common at the time. It's like, oh, well, we tried to do this thing. It didn't work out. So then we completely turned our back on the first plan and just did fuck all in the end. Like it just, it seems the norm. Um, but yeah. Because in the reboss operation, they said that key to time has to be together for, for just a few moments to restore the natural balance of the universe. And they didn't even refer to any of that. If they'd said, oh, no, yeah. that was enough. That was enough. Yeah to actually make things on on the right keel again but but that wasn't even referred to and it's like what that's a shame yes. it's all a shame so yeah. ryan's I reaction thought... ryan's reaction to this was that um he felt that the script editor was spending too much much time flirting with interns is what he wrote it's what he said to me obviously the script editor is not doing his job and he's just flirting around the office because he's not script editing this <laughs> No, and it's it's true. There just wasn't enough, and like, yeah, I just there was so much that I think could have been explored in this. So many things that we could have got excited by, like really a bit more about the propaganda side of things. I think could have been really quite strong and would have been quite interesting. I think a bit more about the and maybe this is what they wanted to move away from, like the gruesomeness of nuclear warfare. Like I feel like they just kind of they really skirted so many key things, and like all the needless death, they kind of. Yeah, that it needed to be stated in a way where it was quite devastating. But like the fact that no one was on Zeos, like it was just like, oh yeah, like they just kind of there wasn't that absolute devastation that an no. entire fucking planet had just because died. it should have underlined the pointlessness of war and how there's no winners and that's that just mm. the pursuit of winning for the pursuit of winning and that was kind of quite strong in the earlier episodes, but it just falls away completely by the end, doesn't it? And you're not even yeah. thinking about that towards the end. No. No. And if it had gone You're to that global... That's not a shadow planet. <laughs> yeah, I know. You think, why are they calling it Planet of Evil? Why are they calling Gallifrey Gallifrey? And not you're not thinking about important things, like the idea originally that the universe was going to be pitted one half against the other by the Black Guardian. It's like, with the key to time. But it's just like, no, it's just like, no. How do you feel so, about... Yeah. Sorry, Karen. No, I just, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm doing my closing. But yeah, just the, how how I think from from our early days of being so excited by it, I feel like we've really come to a, a place of disappointment this time around, which is a real shame, don't you think? Yeah, it is a shame. But it's not all doom and gloom, because we still have Dressed for Success. <laughs> right. Yes. Good. I'm gonna get dressed for success So, Good. tell me. Mazataza looking amazing. She'd obviously carried on with her clairvoyant kind of advice of wearing white. It worked well for her. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was a beautiful outfit. Although apparently she, she hated it at the time. Oh. And I don't know why. She said, because then she was interviewed in 2011 or something, and she said, no, I love it now. But at the time she didn't like it. Wow. Too much choice. Um, yeah, and obviously Astra... Yeah, like the purple and yellow was definitely a choice, wasn't it? I don't think I've um, ever seen that on a clo on an item of clothing ever since there's no, that combination. No, really bizarre. I mean, obviously it showed off her wafiness. Um, it did look a little bit regal, having a bit of a, and it was it was very clingy. Um, but yeah, no, it didn't do anything. Oh, <coughs> was the shadow dude wearing um, a pair of tights on his face? 
Quite possibly. I mean... I thought this was like knowledge that you would definitely have. Like, yes. Yes, he was. This shop. They were this denier. Is that how you say it? I don't even know. Good. Denier is enough. (laughs) (laughs) I've gone straight far too far. (laughs) Good. I appreciate the knowledge. Um, Yeah. um, I liked um, John Woodbine's glittery eagle. And his big giant Um, epaulets, which were really like, he's mm. really loving the war because his epaulets are huge. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Who else? Oh, I did quite enjoy a nurse's weird outfit. It was like very much um, off red on the top, but then quite functional down below. (laughs) It was like little jogging bottoms down below. (laughs) I know, but it was kind of nice that they'd even bothered to do that sort of design level, wasn't Mm. it? Yes. Yeah, Yeah. for people who we barely saw who... I really actually I forgot about that. Like they obviously had deliberately left like the concrete kind of crap all over their blankets. Um but then as soon as you they start panning in on them, they're like, Oh, we must wipe that off. It's like, you <laughs> would have done that about a fucking hour ago, wouldn't you? You wouldn't just wait for the fucking cameras before you start wiping the concrete off. But yeah, yeah. anyway. And then you've got Drax in his jumpsuit. Yeah. It was it felt appropriate. You'd expect someone from Brixton to be wearing a jumpsuit. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the thing that really took me out of it, I mean, there's loads of things that took me out of it, but it was when they were miniaturised and they were running around. And, Over here, Doctor, and he's jumping and stuff. I know, he's like two seconds away from him. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> Stop shouting, you're just there. Is um, that the mutes, the mutes were wearing Dr. Martens, weren't they? Oh, I just thought they were big boots. I no, hadn't recognised. No, I just bought a pair of Doc Martens for him. Marnie for her birthday, I did. Oh, okay. Yes, they wouldn't. The mutes wouldn't have been able to afford three hundred and sixty nine dollars, which I've just had to wow, fucking pay. That's a lot. I know. Gosh. So yes, I wasn't convinced there'd be a, a DM store on no. in the no. planet of evil, or whatever we're calling it, this, this <laughs> exactly. for this ten this period of ten minutes. So I think we yes. made it. I think we're through all of the key to time. It's going to be quite hard to go back to the ones we haven't done before now, isn't it? Like the Pirate oh, no. Planet and Power of Crawl. And I'm fairly sure we've done Androids, but apparently we haven't. I don't think we have. have no, we? I don't think we have. No. no. Oh, maybe we did. I do remember talking about her sideburns at some point, the wiggly ones. So maybe. Maybe. No. Okay. It's surprising. But... <laughs> yes. But yeah, no, it's a shame that. Yeah, we've <laughs> landed on such a. It's a shame that we land... had the Armageddon factor. Oh yeah, we've landed on quite a sour note, really, with the whole thing. Like it just. I didn't think that would be how I felt about it. Oh, did you I not? Do. No. I think it's always a story. I thought, oh, I like quite like that one, and then I watch it, and I'm always like, why are they transmatting endlessly? Yeah. And why is there so much talking in corridors? It's very verbose. And doesn't really achieve a lot. I do no. always like the Astra bit. I always like the fact that Astra is the segment. But you can't be excited about that for two hours and 15 minutes. No. <laughs> no. no. You're banjaxed. What about um, the choice of Lala Ward as Romana going forward? Um, 
it doesn't help the Armageddon factor. It just it cheapens that. Um, but obviously, we love a bit of Lala. Like she is a good Romana, so I don't think it was the worst thing in the world. And I think the the relationship between Tom and Lala was always probably one of the most exciting kind of backgrounds stories that we've got in Doctor Who so I'm kind of overall I'm quite pleased about it but it just it definitely cheapens the kind of the fact that she she wasn't kind of she wasn't used as a piece a segment of the key time in the end the fact that she does live a happy life with Merrick it's very strange that then she'd choose to be that face yeah but um because of course Ryan was very confused because of the leisure hive having been the previous one he watched Yes. So, so what, <laughs> what is she so, doing and why? So, so what we did was we ended up watching the first three minutes of Destiny of the Daleks immediately, so that he would oh, understand, so he could see deal that. With that scene. Yeah. Yes. But he was already quite into Destiny of the Daleks when we turned it off after five minutes. So he's obviously like, "Well, that looks quite good. That looks fun." And it is. That's just because <laughs> no, it's because it was just three minutes of really fun drag dress up. <laughs> he's expecting that for the rest of it. <laughs> I can't believe you think he's that basic. <laughs> he would never describe himself as basic. He would. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, have we come to the end of the Armageddon Factor? Please, God. <laughs> wow. Sorry. We have to give it a TARDIS out of ten. Or a TARDIS. We do, don't we? Yeah, we do, though, don't we, though? Um, <laughs> oh. It's hard. I feel like I'm going to give it the same score as you, but you'll be wrong and I'll be right. (laughs) This is what happens. I get told off my scores, even though I give you the same score. Yeah. (laughs) Correct. So I can't decide decide between two different scores. I can't decide between a five and a six. Okay. I'm on a seven. (gasps) Oh my shit. What? Yeah. You're not going to give it the same score as me then. Well, that's decided. I'm going to give it a six then. Yeah. Wow. Have you actually because scored it's... something higher than me? That's amazing. Yeah. And I think it's just because, like, it's very unlikely I'd give anything Tom Baker lower than seven because <laughs> he's really good. <laughs> we did give Planet of Evil a six, both of us, didn't we? Yeah, and it is probably the shittest. Yeah, I'm giving it a six. Yes. Good, good. Do you reckon it's the kind of one that you might revisit and then think, oh, it's really good this time, or no? Because I think we've had that with a few where we're like, we we like it, we hate it, we like it, we hate it. Depends what it was the last time we saw it, and we kind of. I, rem- I remember us. I remember us complaining about um, all the transmatting when we were in Exeter Street watching it off a video. And us, really? Yeah, and us like, oh, not more of this, and us being really pissed off with it. So I think, you know... I can't imagine staying awake when we used to do our midnight get-ups and watch that. I, like, I can imagine you screaming at me to wake up during this. Like, oh, no. I can't, can't stay awake. I always minute. think it's the other way around, that you're always telling me to keep awake, that's really funny. <laughs> Good. Um, we yes. have to choose... Well, the randomizer. More importantly, this is the best ever time yes. to have the randomizer because it's it's only just about it's only just been installed, hasn't it? At the end of the Armageddon factor. Yes, the randomizer. So, so freaking true. So we have to get the randomizer, and it's the first one to choose a story 
that we haven't done yet effectively, isn't it? So it let's is. let's see whatever you come up with. Go. Okay, I've got two more segments. No. Oh. Oh no. I don't think any of this exists. Marco Polo. Anything exists? <gasps> wow. <laughs> Seven episodes of Telly Snaps. It's it good though. It's good though. Is it? Yeah. Is it really? Yeah. Really good. It is seven episodes. I think we have to do it at some point. Fuck. Good. <laughs> that was that was confirmation. I was surprised that was a yes. We are doing Marco Polo next time on the podcast. As I live and I breathe. I don't have a good reason to say no. I just yeah. Yeah, I think got to do it at some point. I think what you need to do, though, is probably you need to do it in two sittings. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, and I think it's a no alcohol, make sure I've had a good night's sleep the day before kind of I, I scenario. I really do. I really do. Yeah. We'll finally get to hear Susan befriending Ping Cho. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Characteristic we could come up with for Susan that's something she could do that we could do a gesture for was befriending Pincho. Brilliant. <laughs> I love how in tune we were. It's just so cool. So together yes. we'll be befriending Pincho on the podcast. Until yeah. then, I have, I have been Andy. I'm Alex. Actually, on the, chat, on the chat, I've actually been Surgeon Merak. Did you notice? Yes, this is true. I did notice. Yes, well done. Goodbye, surgeon. Astra. Yeah.